Hello, everybody. It's Tuesday and we have a packed programme. We have Mr. Andrew. He's been allowed back to the start. We then have Mr. Fox updating us on Sports Day Week. And we then have Mr. Green uh, bringing us some more excellent work that has been produced for the English department. Let's get going. Now, I've allowed him back to start the programme today because he's promised not to be rude. And uh, here is Mr Andrew. Mr Andrew, you've got a few things for us this Tuesday, I think. I have, yeah. No joke for me today because there's so many other things to talk about. Guys, we've got our House Assembly uh, as it's Tuesday, so make sure you go to your specific House Assembly and uh, hopefully there you'll have some updates on the House challenges that have been going on. Also, later on today, uh, Mr Fox will be on this radio show for an update on the first round of Sports Day events. So make sure you listen to that and good luck with those that are still doing other stuff. Uh, my little Johnny, he was doing shop at the weekend and so we'll be sending that in later on today. And you may have heard uh, yesterday during your tutor period, we have camping night this, uh, this Saturday where the whole... Lordy. Sim- Sorry? Lordy. <laughs> I'm going oh, to be camping, Richie. Are you going to be camping? Uh, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> uh, we, want, we want the whole school in some form to go camping over the weekend, if you're Friday night or Saturday night. I haven't seen the weather yet, so I can't tell you mm. what that's going to be like. But that's going to be a, a, a game changer, possibly. Um, but uh, if you go out camp outside or inside, you can make a den in the house or you can go out in the garden or somewhere. But please make sure you take a picture of what you've been up to and much like over half term, share them with your tutor and then we'll put them into a little montage during next week. So looking forward to that. Uh, and also today we've got our cello musical breakfast. So go on to St. Ronan's TV and listen to that as well today. So, so many things to look forward to. Uh, I think I've covered it all, Richie. I think we have. I think too. I think that. Have a great day and uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Some stirring stuff there from Dr. Force to introduce today's update on Sports Day Week. Hello, Mr. Fox. Good morning, Richie, and thank you very much for inviting me onto the radio. Just to run through the results after the first two events of the St. Ronan Sports Day 2020. Event one, one was the standing long jump. And once I'd uh, added up all the scores, Bicton came out on top. They were closely followed in second place by Selden, third place was Pembroke, and the mighty Tongswood, unfortunately, were in fourth place. The results of the second event, which was the ball throw against the wall, saw Bicton again take the gold medal position, closely followed again by Selden, but this time the mighty Tongswood had shown an improvement and they'd come in third place with Pembroke in fourth place. So what I did was I added together the scores from the two events to give us our final placings after day one. No surprise, Bicton are out in front. Pembroke are in second place, Selden third place, with Tongswood just behind in fourth. Now, please don't forget that everybody who participates earns points towards their house score. And there's lots of you out there 
that uh, could help out your houses uh, and contribute. So in the under 13s and 12s, we had seven athletes today. And I think we could probably encourage a few more to take part. In the under 11s and the under 10s, 30 athletes. And in the under 8s and under 9s, we had 20. So thank you so much to all of those people that took the time to watch the videos practice and then enter their scores. I really appreciate it and I know your house parents will as well. Uh, and if you could encourage any more of your friends, especially in your house to participate, then that would be wonderful and I'm sure that that would make a difference. We've got two events today. We've got the speed bounce and the vertical jump. So I look forward to receiving your scores and I'll be back on the radio tomorrow to update you after day two. Good luck and have a good day. Cheers and bye. And now, as promised earlier, we have some excellent work from the English department. Mr. Green will explain all. This is a retelling of the tale of Peter and the Wolf from the perspective of Peter. It is written by Sasha Llewellyn in Upper. I open a small steel flap in the tall fence that's made out of rotten wet wood with patches of different materials. I peer through the square gap and I take in the snowy scenery laying in front of me. My animal friends come to lay beside me and join in looking out through the hole in the fence. We all wish we could go out there some day. Behind me, I hear a crunch in the snow. It gradually gets louder and louder until I feel a hand rest upon my shoulder that then jerks me back towards the small cabin, also made of wet wood. I wake up, and the first thing to do is go outside and do what I did yesterday. The sun is peering down through the tree branches and shining onto the crystal snow. The snow is a white blanket covering the surface. I have a slightly dangerous idea that floods my mind. I sneak into the small cabin in which I live. I lean over my dad and, with a little sense of regret, grab the glistening steel keys. They make a slight rattle as I leave the miniature shelter. I rush to the door at the fence and I rapidly shove the undamaged key in the hole. I use an immense amount of my strength attempting to turn the key. It makes a faint click. I then move on to undoing the rest of the security on the rock-solid door. I push with all the strength left in me, desperately trying to win the fight with the door, what seemed to be as strong as diamond. I take one last knock at the wet flap of wood, and it suddenly jerks open, throwing me into the fresh snow ahead. I look around. I see a small frozen pond. Excited, I run to the ice rink and throw myself onto the slippery floor. My animal friends come swarming out of the gap in the fence charging toward me like a herd of elephants. They come sliding onto the ice, zooming across the other side of the frozen pond. I hear a crunch in the snow behind me. I peer backwards towards the cabin, and I see a tall figure standing in front of me. I slowly look up to find it's my dad. He forces me back towards the open gate. I beg for him to let me go, but his dirt-filled fingers don't give me any chance of escaping. He throws me back inside the damp wooden guard. He demands the keys and locks the door once again, sliding the keys into his cotton-filled pocket. As I'm about to go back inside, out of the corner of my eye, I see a moving figure behind the great tree. I squint at the moving figure, trying to identify it as something I might recognise. It slowly comes closer and closer to me from the translucent fog. It's a wolf. My brain goes into an untrainable panic. 
I wonder what's going to happen to my treasured animals. The wolf pounces onto the tree as it tries to grab the innocent cat. Its claws scratch the edge of the tree, reminding me of nails on a chalkboard. It then comes running onto the crystallized, chasing its prey. I try to convince Goose to come forward towards the wooden fence. In the blink of an eye, the wolf demolishes the goose and swallows it whole. I'm infuriated. My eyes follow the scent of the wolf's fur. I give my deathly stare. I soon start to notice the wolf get more tense as the staring contest goes on. Seconds have passed when I hear a faint sound of wings in the background. My eyes follow the sound, leading me to Bird. I see him struggling. An idea starts to kick into my brain once again. I grab the soaking netting hanging outside on the wall. I run over to the fence once again and I climb up, reaching the tree's branch and jumping onto it. I then crawl along the soggy brown branch as I reach Bird. I show him my idea, but he doesn't agree. I thought my idea was going to be life-changing ones, so I ignore Bird and did it anyway. He had a slightly worrying facial expression, begging me to let him free, but I refuse. I lower him down, the wolf ready to pounce. I set Bird right on the wolf's charcoal black nose. I begin to tease Wolf, pulling Bird up and down with the rope. I start to lose my balance. A few seconds pass and I'm in a bit of a pickle. I'm now hanging from the tree myself. The wolf pounces, not realising he is also stuck in the same rope. I find the netting I carried out earlier and I throw it as far as I can, hoping it will reach the wolf. I hear the fence door swing open. I look over towards where the sound came from and I see my dad. In his hand is a Remington Model 870. I start to panic even more, begging my dad not to shoot the wolf. We all stare at each other. A few hours pass and I stand on a wooden box, making its way through the village. We gather a crowd of people, curious about what we're carrying through the village in this wooden box. I slide down the edge of the box and unlock it. I slide the wooden flap down, revealing darkness at first, but then showing the wolf. Everyone steps back a few paces as I bring it out of its cage. I walk with it to the edge of the road. I give it a last goodbye as it sets off into the darkness of the woods to never be seen again. That was an excellent bit of work there. Thank you so much, Sasha and Mr Green, for bringing it to us. It's a busy day. It's a busy week. Try and get those sporting challenges done and think about how you might do the St. Ronan's Camping Challenge on Saturday. Oh, let's go and get on with it. Go well. Speak soon.